It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, October 5th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is wondering how we're going to get from 25 to 23. I already know. Well, it's what I would probably refer to as boy math. We're going to get to that, plus preview tonight's last preseason game against the Islanders, all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. And as a show, we are at Locked On Flyers on Twitter, Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky. You'll find us there. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. You can subscribe or follow us for free over on YouTube. We're on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available. Here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Russ, right as we were finishing up recording yesterday's show, uh, we found out that Tanner Lazinski and Cal Peterson were put on waivers. It's been the full 24 hours uh, plus a little bit, and both of them cleared. So that was good. Uh, that Well, it was good that we didn't lose Tanner Lazinski. I think Cal Peterson, it would have been okay. Yeah, nobody's taking that contract. I know. That's really what it was. So both of them will be assigned to the Phantoms. Cal Peterson is going to have a significant cap hit regardless because of his Oh, contract. yeah. It's like dead cap money. You know, so it's like, it's just the way the way it is. They knew that when they made the trade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's going to be a little unfortunate and make the, the cap a little bit more difficult to manage. But I think, you know, that's the price they paid when they made that Ivan Provorov deal and they were willing to do it. A lot of different things. That deal will be looked at for years to come. That's That's yeah. all I can say. Yeah, there's going to be some uh, in-depth analysis of this, I think, on a yearly basis for the next several years to see whether or not it was a good trade. So uh, aside from those two, we did hear from John Tortorella yesterday and got a lot more insight into uh, what he's thinking in terms of the roster. And just starting with the defensemen, uh, Adam Jenning and Ronnie Adderd are definitely getting sent down to the Phantoms. I think um, he seems really high on both of them um, and just said, you know, they aren't quite there yet. And they, he kind of mirrored, you know, what we talked about yesterday mm-hmm. in terms of it being better for them to get the playing time in Lehigh Valley than to maybe check in and out of a game at the NHL level and not get the minutes they need. And it's just he called it another year in the process. For them, And I think that, you know, if these are your two choices, I'm not saying this is the best choice overall, but these if these are your two choices, have them play limited minutes with the Flyers or play, you know, top pairing minutes in Lehigh Valley. I want them playing top minutes in Lehigh Valley. Right. Those are the two choices that John let you know mm-hmm. about. 
Those right. aren't the only two choices, though. A hundred percent true. A hundred percent true. What you said, based on those guidelines, yes, I have to agree. Now, um, after thirty games, if they're doing really well, why can't they come up to the NHL? Or they're going to end up waiting until like February, or you know, the trade deadline, or whatever, like last year. Yeah, he was very clear that both of them were in the equation for call-ups. It's just, to your point, going to be a question of when that will or or could be. Um, but he's very high on what the Lehigh Valley uh, blue line is going to look like, as am I, um, and have said well, sure. that. Well, sure. I mean, you know, you got Helgi Grimes there, too. He's a, you know, the Flyers are lacking a right-handed shot. He's a right-handed shot with NHL experience, but didn't make the roster. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to have a good blue line down there. Yeah. Um, as far as the other guys, uh, for now, Emil Andre and Agro Zamula are staying with the main roster through the final decision making process. Um, I, I think it was really interesting. Again, Tortorella was very clear what the factors are here, um, that both of them have had mixed results. Uh, out there, uh, but there are certain advantages to Emil Andre's game. There are certain advantages to Igor Zamula's game. Uh, mentioned specifically that Zamula sees the ice well, but sometimes has hesitation in decision making. Um, but he also, much like we have talked about, liked that pairing with Sanheim. Yeah, and I get that, and and that has been pretty good. So I'm glad that he's getting the extra looks, although they don't have a choice with the contract, but. He is at that level anyhow. He's pretty close. So yeah, I think but, that part works. Yeah, and, and Torts was very clear that they know that the waivers and the contract will play a, a factor oh, in their decision-making. There's making no way around it. Yeah, yeah. They can't deny that. The The interesting thing is, though, do you believe, Rachel, that they're that the basically the younger players are getting graded the same way as the new veterans? Because I'm not sure that that's happening. I haven't seen much of out of Sean Walker to make him a opening day starter. And I've seen, quite frankly, more out of some of the younger guys. And I don't think they're getting graded at, uh, at the same level. I don't know that either, but I also see Sean Walker as a guy that I don't mind being in the press box a lot of games. And if mm -hmm. it's between him and Mark Stahl going in and out of the lineup with Zamula getting more of the time, I'm okay with that in the short to medium term. I think that uh, we'll see what happens with Walker. We'll talk about that later in the show in terms of the lineup for tonight. But I, I do think that having Walker there as a press box guy, I don't mind that as much. I think if he's if in he's the lineup, yeah, if he's in the lineup more often than not, maybe that's when I start to question his presence. Because it's nice to say that Zamula won't get lost in the press box and all these things. And we've seen it happen on a million other teams where all of a sudden a guy hasn't played in 10 games. You know what I mean? Like, like we've seen that. Yeah, but I, I think, you know, to your points, maybe the scoring will have a, a factor here. It's like who can uh, put more points on the board and who's more consistent with their breakouts. I think that's really the, the two major factors here with towards looking at these defensemen. These two factors were two factors that were there last year too. I do feel like we need to point that out. It yep. hasn't it hasn't improved much. No, it has not. But uh, again, you know, it, it is interesting. Uh, Danny Breer is more often referring to this as year one of the rebuild, Tortorella as year two, and so that's where some of their differing opinions are probably coming into play. There's definitely differing opinions. We could see this. 
Yeah, absolutely. Talking about goaltending, uh, we were correct in that Carter Hart is playing the whole game tonight. Sam Urson will be the backup and has 100% won that backup job, as you said, Russ. Yeah, I mean, I, it just seemed pretty obvious. The only way he couldn't have won that was if he had a horrible game, worst game of his career, which he right. did against the Bruins. So, But again, I've covered John for so long that I kind of know his tendencies. It almost feels like cheating. <laughs> he is kind of predictable in in some ways. More ways than you think. You you know, it's like he'll talk and say one thing, but you still have to go with history on a lot of other things. Uh, what was interesting is that, um, as we know, Kim Delabaugh makes all the goaltending yeah. decisions, and and Tort said as much. Um, and so he was the one that determined what Carter Hart's preseason playing time and schedule would look like. So that's why uh, Carter Hart has played two games uh, in this preseason. But Felix Sandstrom is staying with the Flyers through the final cuts. Uh, So I think it's still possible that they'll carry three goalies. It'll just depend on what the other decisions they make are. I mean, they're either going to carry three goalies or they're going to try and send him through on the day that everybody sends their final guys through, hoping that he makes it to Lehigh and doesn't get taken because sometimes you can get away with it. There's like one day of the year you can get away with it. So to me, that's got to be the plan here. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. As far as the forwards go, Charlie O'Connor asked a real interesting question about uh, Torts' willingness to break up that fourth line to get, (laughs) to get, you know, Forster, Allison and Brink in the lineup at the same time. Uh, You know, you got to like read between the lines there and say, you know, we'll see. He said, we'll see, but we know that the answer to that is no. That we'll see is the same we'll see that my dad would give me on like a Friday night when he just got home from work and I wanted to maybe do something on the weekend and he'd give you that we'll see and you could see he was tired. Can I borrow the car, dad? We'll see. We'll see. You're right. It's a no. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. That's a good one. Um, and then just finally, Samu Tuomala was a little bit banged up. Uh, so he was kind of on the practice ice with J.R. Avon skating, but he should be cleared soon. And he will also be sent down to Lehigh yeah. Valley. No surprise. So- So given all of that, uh, we talked about what we would do for our lineup for this last preseason game on yesterday's show. So we're going to compare that to what it looks like the lineup will be for tonight's show and see where we think maybe there's a difference of opinion or some potential mistakes being made. And we will do that coming up next. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
in case y'all missed it on YouTube, we had our uh, Locked On NHL season preview where I talked about a few highlights about what we're looking forward to in this flyer season. It'll be on your audio feeds uh, on Friday. So keep an ear out for that if you listen that way. So when we talked about the lines yesterday for tonight's last preseason game, I think, you know, we were looking for maybe a couple more uh, of the question marks to check into the lineup. Now, Torts had said it was going to be pretty close to final, but it was interesting to see where the rotations were in practice uh, yesterday in terms of what those potential choices could be. because. We had thought that maybe Couturier would center Farabee and Konechny for that top line. Well, I yeah. think, you know, Torts decided that he wanted to split where the two choices were between two different lines. Um, so, and we had thought that maybe the choice would be Brink or Allison, uh, but, and that Lawton might be the one to sit just to allow an additional guy in. And I think that's really what's happened here. So on that top line, instead of Konechny, the, the rotation was Brink and Forster, which okay. I think makes some sense in terms of if you're going to make a choice here. And then on the second line, Konechny takes that right wing position with Cates as the center. And then you have Scott Lawton and Allison rotating in. And so it looks like Scott Lawton could sit in favor of Wade Allison to give him that last shot. But then the question becomes, is Brink or Forster going to check in? Right. So is it not break against Forrester? Like, you know, we were told it wasn't, right? Mm-hmm. But that's it, what makes it fascinating. Little yeah. chin scratcher there, right? So again, that's one of those John misdirections because it is break against Forrester there. Uh and I do think it's yeah, let's see if Allison can play the left side. So let's give him one more shot on the left side. I mean, in a way, Allison's kind of getting the short end in this training camp because he's being asked to play a different position. Correct. You know, and so like, is that enough time for him to really be able to win an NHL job? It's hard. He's being asked to do something harder than even Travis Sanheim, I think, because just because he's never done it and he's not that well set in the league, at least Sanheim is a veteran and, you know, he knows what the league is like. So I think Allison's kind of, Got a tough road here. With Brink and Forrester, it's going to be interesting because if they put Brink on that top line, you know, the Islanders, that's a home game for them, right? No. So they're going to, it's this one's at the Wells Fargo. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, so they may not play that many then. They'll probably sit a few of their regulars. So it may not be as hard as a normal game uh, with that top line. So that's correct. And and the Islanders do have one additional preseason game after tonight's game. That's the one where they'll, yeah play all the guys so it'll, it'll be a little easier so that that actually um could work out you know otherwise the weird thing i do have to say this out loud because if you're gonna say you're an up-and-coming team and you're gonna market owen Tippett and you're he was your best goal scorer why is he on the third line well i don't know that this is necessarily um the order of the lines like first, second, third, fourth. It just, he's been kind of playing this way, hasn't he? 
Yeah, and and that's what's slightly different from what we talked about yesterday in that we had put Cates with Tippett and Atkinson as a, yeah. a solid line as and Frost with the potentially Lautner or Allison and Brick, right? So we kind of inversed it in terms of yeah. who would get the more face-offs and was a higher center here. And so Torres had both of those as the middle six centers, but maybe in reverse. Uh, we're not sure. We'll see in terms of who actually goes out as the second line. Yeah, I would just think you would have Tippett on the second line at this point and, and not yeah. move him because that's where you're going to probably end up at. Um, and why play around with that? You could still put a line out there for as long as you want to put him out there. And, you know, again, I just feel like Cates has reverted a little bit in this camp. So having him on the second line, I'm not sure that really helps him. Why not just have him on the third line where you know he's going to be? Like, mm-hmm. this doesn't make sense to me. Right. It, it, to me, it, it's just making sure Frost is centering the right people. Uh, I think that's what's more important to me. And I think he does go better with Bobby Brink or Wade Allison um, as a complimentary winger. But, you know, uh, I think, you know, Torts is allowed to mix these up however he wants. So we'll it see. Is, but, you know, you're getting, we're getting to a point like last year where we don't know what the lines are going into a season and most teams do by now yeah i think so to a large degree so i think we are at a very interesting crossroads here and that also you know rolls over into the blue line and uh torts mentioned yesterday that sealer walker and stall would all be playing in this final preseason game, which we said that we did not want to do. And so we had Walker in the game because we thought it was important to uh, have him play one more game, but not the other two, because we know who Mark Stahl is and we know right. who Sealer is. Like we, we just right. did not need to see them again in the preseason. No. They didn't need to play again in the preseason, in our opinions uh, from yesterday's show. But you know, it looks like we have York and Risto together and Stahl with Stanheim, um, Sealer and Walker, and then Zamula and Andre were a fourth pairing in practice. So, again, remains to be seen who will actually check into the game. But it seems like based on those requirements, that's what your top six is going to look like. The only thing that I'm worried about here, and, and this is like, John falling back on players that he trusts is Mark Stahl getting too many minutes for his age. He should never be on the second pair. He really shouldn't be. And it's not because he can't play the position or he can't do this. He is limited in foot speed. He's really good around the net. He is more of a, and he blocks a million shots and he's physical, but he is more of a third pairing defenseman in this NHL. And to put him as a, even in a game like this, as a second pairing guy, makes no sense because it's like, why would you want him as a second pairing guy? I don't think you do. And I think that he does compliment Travis Sanheim well, because all of those things that you just said about Mark Stahl is the opposite of what Travis Sanheim does. So I feel like it's a good pairing. And I think if Stahl has to check into the game, that's who I want him with. And maybe the minutes will balance and York and Risto will get fewer slightly fewer minutes um and sealer and walker will get slightly more minutes and it'll balance out a little bit more 
um, in this game, but because I, I think Sealer and Walker, you want those two together if they are in the game because you don't want them paired up with your higher skill no, defenseman. So that's, I think that's I think the one if, thing that's definite in stone for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like if these are your parameters, this is like what you got to do, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's it's kind of unfortunate, I think, in the bigger picture. But because uh, again, I think we would have liked to see Emil Andre in this game. Yeah, in the bigger picture, there's too many marginal veterans on this blue line. I understand you're rebuilding; you have to have some, but they went overboard on it. Yeah, I think so. Uh, in the meantime, with the Islanders, again, not sure who we're going to see because it's a road game for them. Um, they do still have Kyle Palmieri is hurt. He's mm -hmm. skating again, but he's probably not going to check in until their first regular season game. Right. Um, their top line in the last preseason game for them was uh, Anders Lee, Bo Horvat, and, and Matt Barzal. I, I don't know that we'll see them again. We could, but they may give yeah, them a night off. Great. So yeah. right now they're trying to figure out camp battles. I looked at their like transaction page. They've done almost nothing. Like, yeah, that's it, that's normal for them. I know. It's so weird. But um, we'll probably see Oliver Wallstrom again because he's yeah. kind of a, a borderline guy for the Islanders right now. And he's played well against the Flyers. So, yeah, the thing is, it's interesting because the Islanders like their size. And so... Goche has size, even though he never lives up to scoring potential. Wallstrom has size, but he doesn't play tough. So they may not, and, and Fashing plays tough, so that means he's guaranteed Islander. And so then it's probably between Holmstrom and Wallstrom for who stays up. Yep, I think so as well. All right. Well, we are going to look at our list of 25 names left at Flyers training camp and figure out how we're going to get down to 23, considering the cap and everything coming up next. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business? If you're building a roster to win the league, just like with your business, you need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. You don't have to spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills. You can do it all with Indeed. And candidates you invite to apply through Instant Match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search. As soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Indeed knows when you're growing your business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for those quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. That's Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Russ, uh, we have this list of 25 slash 26 names. The Flyers official list has 26 because J.R. Avon is still on it because he's not getting sent anywhere until they um, clear him. But that being said, uh, aside from that, we have 25 names. We have 14 forwards, eight defensemen, and three goalies. Monday's the big decision day, and... Uh, it's going to be a tough weekend for Flyers management. Yeah, it's a tough weekend. I mean, this is this is it. I mean, they're down to, like, we have to really make these hard decisions and decide 
what we're going to do for the good of the team to keep a decent product on the ice, what we're going to do for development to make sure these guys development, just because these guys have been traded here or whatever, do they really belong here? That question should be asked, but those are all questions that should be asked. We've been talking about it, that this decision is going to come from the blue line and go outward from there. And Keith Jones even mentioned that he wants to build this team from the blue line out. Now, we've talked about the issues we did in the very last segment about the kind of blue line we have right now versus the blue line that we want to have eventually. Um, But, you know, there's some skills missing from this blue line. But right now we have eight. And it seems like there still is a possibility of keeping all eight, which would then affect the ability of the Flyers to hold on to more forwards or have a three-goalie uh, roster here. It could so, be a three-goalie roster, and it could be Nick Sealer on those weird days at forward. I mean, that's what it seems like to me. Yeah, so based on everything, it does seem like Uh, what they'll do with Felix Sandstrom is if they decide they want to keep those eight defensemen that they're going to try and push them through waivers on that free for all day and uh, hope that nobody claims them. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, that's probably, I think that's the plan. I do. Yeah. I I think that's really what it's going to look like from there. And then they're going to have to look at, at the forward decision here. Um, Well, Actually, before we even look at the forward decision, sending Felix Sandstrom creates a logjam with the Phantoms at goaltender as well. Which, uh, because, that means somebody's probably going to the E. Right. And which could be Nolan Mayer because right. that would put Cal Peterson and Felix Sandstrom as your Phantoms goalies, which is wild to me. That's like two NHL yeah. goalies with your AHL team. But it could end up that way. It could. It very well could. So that's also something to keep an eye on uh, and what will happen in that scenario with goaltending for the Flyers organization overall. Uh, But then with your forwards, that leaves probably Tyson Forrester or Bobby Brink as your odd man out because both of them are on ELCs and Wade Allison is not. Yeah, unless Allison really does something horrible in this last game. Um, So yeah, I... I think it's between those two. What's interesting is neither of them have enough NHL experience. Neither of them are lighting up camp with points. I understand that Brink is making some plays, but they're not always, you know, turning into points. Like, this is a hard decision. You know, you want Forster to be scoring, but he is the bigger guy, and he is likely to be able to handle the rigors of the NHL easier. Brink's put on some muscle. But I don't know if he can get through the, you know, the rigors of the NHL season just yet. I don't know if his strength is still there. I might still have to choose Forster if that's my choice, simply because of the size factor in this one. Yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm leaning right now, that that's the decision they will make. And I think as far as the mental game, like I've said, I feel like Tyson Forster would feel the mental hit harder with being get set down yeah, than Bobby true. Brink would. I think Bobby Brink could handle it. And um, I think giving him the opportunity to light up the AHL would be beneficial to him to be able to really balance out scoring and playmaking a little bit, I think could do him some good. Um, And while I really like Brink's play and I like the energy he brings, I think that 
he could benefit a lot more from an AHL stint than Tyson Forrester would at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you on that. I think when we take it all into consideration and it really comes down to those two, it seems that way. I've got some facts for you here. Um, One, that at the end of last season, the Flyers' average age was 26.8. So they were about 10th in the league. They hadn't really gotten any younger, Rachel. Because even when you add Walker, he goes over that. He's 28. Stahl goes way over that. Sure, you put in Zamula. He helps that cause a little bit. And Forrester helps that cause a little bit. But they're still a pretty old roster. Now, that doesn't mean in three years they can't be good. It's just if you look at the teams that are ahead of them, like Canucks, okay, they're a weird team. We should almost just eliminate them. The Sabres, like that makes sense. The Blue Jackets makes sense. The Devils which for people in the Metro is unfortunate that they're young and great. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. Yep. yep. The Coyotes, the Red Wings, the Senators. All of this makes sense. The Kings. It all makes sense, right? So that's, this is the part of the equation that makes my head explode as a uh, prospect guy. Yeah. Well. Interested in development. Yeah. I, I would like to put a pin in this conversation and have it again a year from now and see right. where we're at, because I think that's going to be the big turning point. I think we can weather this for this year, but next year it's got to be a lot different, right? Yeah. And goal scoring from the blue line is an issue. Yeah. We will absolutely be addressing that and, and keeping an eye on that as the regular season starts. All right. That will do it for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow to recap that last uh, preseason game and see if we think it has any effect on these final roster decisions. Uh, as a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So if you've got mailbag questions for us, you can send them in uh, via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at Lockdown Flyers at Gmail. Or you can comment over on our YouTube channel. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at our Miriam. That's our M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a fantastic day, everyone.